0: Welcome to Episode 177 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are going to have another podcast today trying to give help to our veterans in the United States. We are in a series outside of this teaching on dreams, and I'll return to that in the next podcast. But today, we want to put all of our effort and focus in determining what can we do to reach out to the veterans, especially those who are returning from combat areas or a long time spent in the military. So today's is podcast is entitled, What Help is Available to Our Veterans? Before we get into today's message, let me just pray and ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance. Heavenly Father, we come to you once again and ask now that you would move in a very special way in this podcast. I've done a lot of research, I've studied, and I've paired things to deliver today, but without your touch and without the Holy Spirit taking charge and taking control, it will not hit the mark. So I now surrender totally to the Holy Spirit and invite you to take over and take control of everything. Thing that takes place in this podcast today. I pray blessing would be upon it, and I pray that those who are listening in today would receive some special information to how we can reach out and help our veterans. We are approaching Veterans Day when I'm doing this podcast, and that's the reason, Lord, that I want to do this this time to give people some tools. So, Holy Spirit, move in the way that only you can do that, and we'll be careful to give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Welcome home to all the military men and women who've returned to our country, and thank you for your service and for the sacrifices that you've made. In addition to that, I want to say thank you to the families of those veterans. I know when I left to go to Vietnam, my wife was here alone in Arizona, and we were expecting a child, and so she had to go through her pregnancy alone without me there, and so I understand what it's like for the family to go through trials. So thank you all for listening in. I hope this will be a blessing to each and every one of you. So today's podcast, once again, is entitled, What Help is Available to Veterans. In this podcast now, I want to address what we can do for our veterans, what needs to be done, what has been done, and where we go from here. But first, we need to understand what many of our veterans are facing today. The Veterans Administration estimates that 18 million veterans live in the United States today. The Veterans Administration reports that 1.3 million veterans have used the VA health care system since October 1st of 2001, while 1.7 million veterans have no health insurance coverage at all. In 2021, it was discovered that 1.9 million veterans have service-connected disabilities. Some veterans have great mental challenges because of service in combat areas. Now, many question why few veterans veterans use the VA services for mental health and for general health care. I believe that many veterans say it is hard to get approved for that care. Now, I've experienced that myself. Some things were difficult to get. Others were quite simple. The other complaint is that there's a lack of confidence in the care provided by the Veterans Administration and their medical facilities for both mental and for physical needs that they may have. Our veterans have served to keep us free, whether they served on the front line of an active war zone or behind a desk purchasing uniforms or food or supplies for our veterans. Every job is critical. It's a very important part of serving our country. I served one year in Vietnam and then I came home and served in an office. And in both cases, I believe that I served our country. You see, a lot of people think that when you go into the military that everybody's fighting and there's a war all the time. But in reality, about 20% of the military, it's estimated, are on the actual front lines and experiencing combat. and 80% of the military serves those combat soldiers. Just think of an airplane. Think of the what has to go into getting an airplane ready so that a fighter pilot can use that aircraft to go out and wage war against our enemy. It takes 20 times as many people to prepare it as it does to take one person to actually fly it. So with that, I believe that all of these positions are valuable, they're important, and they contribute to keeping our country free. So because of that, I want to talk about all veterans of all all the military actions that we've had all the way back to Vietnam and Korea and Afghanistan and Iraq, and the Gulf War, and desert strike I mean, all these places where our military have gone. In addition to that, I want to offer help and direction for those who've served in non-combat areas, places, quite frankly, in Europe, and in various places all over this world. So, I thank God for all of them. I know that all of them are making a contribution for us to be free here in the United States of America. So, before I get into it, let me read a scripture to you. I believe that sets a stage for what we need to talk about today. It's found in the book of Romans, chapter 15, and verse 2. It's in the New Living Translation, and these are the words that says, We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. So, we're to help other people and help them know the right thing to do. So we're going to need to do that because there's a lot of things that our veterans need and there's a lot of help that we can give them. Now following is a list of what veterans need to do and what our country must do. Now never forget that when I say our country that includes all of us including me. The Veterans Administration reports that there are three major needs of all veterans. Let me give you those three and make a few comments about them. The first is all of our veterans need medical either whether be mental or physical care. They also need to find a good education and they need to find good employment. So let's talk about the situation with medical care. We have Veterans Administration clinics and hospitals. However, we need to do more. I support veterans being approved to seek medical help at any doctor's office or hospital that they choose. I realize that the VA has a program where you go choose your medical care if there are not a VA hospital or clinic near you. And I believe it's 30 or 40 miles within that range. But I suggest that all veteran administration medical facilities should be sold to private medical institutions. Private practice is usually superior to government-run facilities. So the reason I'm saying that is it seems strange to me that we have all these facilities all over the place and it's costing us a fortune to run them. When we could hire, I believe, companies, businesses, hospitals, clinics who could come in, take these things over, and run them through private enterprise. Private enterprise is almost always more functional, more easily operated, and run more efficiently than most government facilities can be. I'm not putting down the government facilities because I've received help at a number of one, but it's important to understand that we need to do the best for our veterans, and why not give them health insurance, quite frankly, because of the service that they've done. All right, the second need that veterans have is to get an education, and I believe the government has done a very good job in giving. Proper program. The current VA program is very good and meets the need quite well. Personally, I use the Veterans Administration Education Program to obtain a degree, and I'm very thankful for that. After medical care and educational needs, our government believes and the veteran administration believes that we need to have employment for our veterans. I certainly agree with that. Many veterans leave the service without the education or the skills needed to get a good job or good employment. Although the VA works with industry in some areas dealing with veterans getting jobs and finding employment, but I believe the community can do so much more, and it would be so important for all of us to find out a way to get to our contact, our congressmen, our senators, our local government officials, our governors, and tell them that we need to have more jobs available to veterans because we bring these guys and gals back. They've been in a totally different situation, and they need help in finding proper employment so they can be good, productive citizens because they've served our country well and they've protected us. We need to help them gain help in all these areas. In addition to that, something that I think which is even more important, being a pastor and being a Christian, is I believe that our veterans coming bad need spiritual guidance and direction. The three greatest needs of our veterans on a spiritual basis is one, to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Simply make a commitment that they've tried life other ways, they tried whatever they could try, but things aren't working out the way they'd like and they now want to receive Jesus Christ and become a Christian, a follower of Christ and read the word of God and see about the life that they could actually live. Second, they need to attend a good local church that preaches the truth in the word of God. And third, they need to be active in the church that they're attending and reach out to other people. Because when we lack something, we need to give it away in order to get it back. So let me just challenge all the veterans out there who may be listening or those of you who have family or friends who are veterans to let them know that if they want something in life, they're going to have to give it away in order to get it come back into them. If they want people to help them, then I think it's crucial that we learn to help others. Now, I've mentioned in my other podcast on veterans that I have a ministry entitled Vet helping vets and it's designed just simply to do that for me to give instructions and help and directions advice and information that I receive from the Veterans Administration and other areas and other community activities for veterans and where there's various helps. I feed it to them and then they gain that knowledge and they share it with other veterans. So that's something I'm trying to do, but I'm only one person. Those of you who are listening in, we need to do everything we can to help these veterans get into their church, become active, and reach out and help others. And I tell you, when you do that, you get the attention of God and God's going to do something very special in their life. I need to move on right now. We can help our veterans by helping them feel appreciated. So I'm going to get my book that I've written, one that I use as a reference from time to time. The book is entitled Vietnam II, Impact of Agent Orange and PTSD. And in there I've written some information about what we need to do when our veterans return home from the military. So let me just leave a little insert here that I've found that I think will be helpful. We need to first let our veterans know they're appreciated by telling them thank you for your service. Now I'm seeing that happen more and more in various businesses. I know places like Home Depot and Lowe's and those places tell their employees to tell that to the veterans that come shop there that thank you for your service. And it's really a wonderful thing to hear. And not only when we hear it, we should also let other veterans know that we thank them for the service that they've had. Now, as I've often said, when you meet a veteran, they need to be appreciated. They need to feel welcome. They need to feel that they're accepted in the community. I was a Vietnam veteran, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I know those of you who've served in Afghanistan and Iraq and and these other places, I thank God for each and every one of you, but you also have experienced maybe a lack of appreciation sometimes when you come back from serving your country. But when I came back from Vietnam, it was a whole different world then. You see, when you meet a Vietnam veteran, the best thing that you can say to them is thank you for your service and two very important words, welcome home. Matter of fact, that's probably the best thing I like to hear when I run into another Vietnam veteran that's what I tell them welcome home because we are not necessarily welcomed home we should say thank you for your service to every veteran every single one but especially welcome home to those who are Vietnam veterans those who served in Vietnam never received a welcome home or any kind of a positive greeting from their country yet the Vietnam soldier served their country instead of deserting it in hindsight I wish I had never gone to Vietnam But I did. And I went. And so when I did, there were 2.7 million others who were also called by their country to serve in the Republic of Vietnam. In addition, I pray our country will never face a war like Vietnam. Matter of fact, I pray that our country will never face war, period, of any type at all. We must all pray for our military, those who served in Afghanistan and Iraq, and places that are more up in current times, Desert Storm, But it's important that when they return, we quickly greet them with a positive smile, with a positive comment, and thank them for their service. Now, have you ever noticed how many veterans are wearing baseball caps with a notation as to where they served? The words World War II veteran or Korean War veteran or Vietnam veteran. I haven't seen the Iraqi or the Iran or the Afghanistan yet but many times those guys are wearing caps that just simply say United States Army or Marines and whatever they wear, I'm thankful for it and I want to thank them for their service. Whenever I see someone wearing one of these caps, especially the Vietnam guys, I try to look them in the eyes and thank them for their service. The type of response I get is usually a subtle glance or maybe a little smile. It's easy to see that they appreciate the kind gesture. Occasionally, the veteran will respond with, thank you or you are welcome, or thank you for your service. Because I served in Vietnam, I like to ask the veterans who served in Vietnam where they were assigned. This usually causes a conversation to start up between us. It's similar to when we meet someone from a state where we lived or or were born or maybe went to a college and they're wearing an Ohio State or a Tulane or a Notre Dame shirt or jersey or something and you kind of feel a connection especially if you support them. A common bond is established between two individuals just because of a t-shirt or possibly a baseball cap. When I start to carry in a conversation with my new Vietnam veteran acquaintance, something special takes place. Think about it. For years, we all tried to hide our service in Vietnam, but now we are free to openly share our thoughts. It is a great feeling and one I try to experience often. Could it be the Vietnam veterans are still wanting to be accepted? I believe that is part of the reason. However, I also believe these men are now proud to have served. Their country called on them and they stepped up and took the challenge. You know, I'd like to make a comment here about those who've served in other battles or conflicts. Whether you were right on the front lines or whether you were back supplying materials to those who were on the front lines, war usually makes a terrible, horrendous impact on the lives of those who serve in it. In addition to our soldiers, the families of our veterans have faced many difficult times adjusting when their loved one is sent away. During the war and when the veteran returns, the children in a veteran's family can also be severely affected. Like I referred to earlier about my wife. I served the year in Vietnam and she was here pretty much by herself and was expecting our child. And when our baby was born, I had even a greater reason to return home and to be a part of my family. So I thank God for that. Let's look at some statistics on some of the old, the former wars, the things in the past that took place and how veterans were hand- how they handled it and what they had to face. In World War II, those who went to war were away for three to four years. During their formative years, a veteran's child did not have a father figure at home. However, when the Vietnam War was over, when the World War II was over, when Afghanistan came to an end, when Iran, Iraq came to an end, veterans came home. There was a celebration with the family and the friends. The only war where our veterans were not celebrated was the one in Vietnam. When I came home, my wife, family, and friends celebrated me, but my country did not. Fortunately, and I thank the Lord for it, when our Afghanistan soldiers come home and those who have served in Iraq, I'm so thankful now that they're celebrated and loved and they're being welcomed into their communities and their churches. Over 292,000 Americans were killed in action in World War II. Think of the number of wives, moms, dads, and children that were profoundly impacted. World War II changed the makeup of the American family. Women went to work to support the war effort. Family roles were shifted and to this day it changed the way American families have raised their children. Now please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The war effort was necessary and women needed to work outside the home. But the war caused our children to miss the experience of a nurturing mom and a dad at home. The family experienced a radical change in structure. How did families deal with these changes? It's the same way today when our men and women come home from Afghanistan and other places that they've served or are currently serving the answer was found in the growth of our churches families dealt with it in our churches The families dealt with it in our communities, but a greater effort needs to be made. Families went to church together where they found comfort and safety from the words spoken in the Sunday service. I'm referring to after World War II and maybe after Korea and after Vietnam. During World War II, the Word of God brought strength to mothers raising their children while their husbands went to war. Now, during the Vietnam War, the family was a completely different unit. Many did not go to church or receive encouragement and biblical teaching, and that's very much that way today for those coming back from the more current battles that we've had and assignment we've had in combat areas. Some of the young men did not have a father figure at home. The war these men went to was despised by our country. That's Vietnam. When they returned home, many were angry, hurt, disappointed, and emotionally devastated. The physical wounds were widespread among returning Vietnam veterans. And by the way, that applies to our current veterans who come home. Many times they are hurt deeply, emotionally and physically harmed greatly. The returning Vietnam vet felt rejected by our population in general, our government, and the military in which they serve. I believe it is important to understand the significant difference in the ways our veterans have been treated depending on which war or which conflict they served in. It's important that I take a moment here and point out something that's crucial. This is not a teaching just on Vietnam, although I've used some references to it because I served there. I know what it was like. But I can tell you, I've met a lot of wonderful men and ladies who've come back from Afghanistan, our desert storm, the places where they put their life on the line to defend freedom and to seek freedom for others and to protect our nation from those attacks coming here. And I just want to say a special thank you to all of them. If they're struggling, I pray that the church will reach out to you. If they're having a difficult time getting the education they need, I pray that the Veterans Administration will see that need and help you and get additional training for you. In addition to that, if you're going through any kind of a struggle emotionally, whether it be mentally or whether it be physical, I want you to call the Veterans Administration. Those of you who know veterans who are struggling with things, encourage them to go and get help there. It's improving so much in our, st- in our country to help veterans, but there's a long way yet to go. I'm thankful to the new facilities that I've seen built around the country and in our state, and I'm thankful that both Democrats, Republicans are now now favoring movements to help our veterans. I've seen more positive things take place in Congress in the last 10 years than I've seen probably in the last, in the 30 or 40 years before that. But it's crucial that we get the help that our veterans need and find the help there. I do believe the most important need that veterans have now when they return home is that they find a good church, get a good relationship going with godly people who love the Lord and they settle down and find a way to be loved and to love others and to experience what God wants them to experience and that's peace and love and have a sound mind. I just believe for that and I pray that our veterans will receive that help and I pray that all of us, including myself, will reach out to a veteran, even this week, someone, encourage them, love on them, and let them know that they are highly respected and we're so thankful for them. There's one more point I want to make when it has to do with our veterans, and that is that when they come back from combat duty or in a combat area, whether they were on the front line or whether they were just in the areas of supplies and and supplying materials or transportation, wherever it was, they were all there and they all deserve a welcome home. They all deserve an adjustment to society. There's something that took place then in return when I came back from Vietnam, and that was how do I adjust to society? And so I've got a little area I want to talk about, and that has to do with veterans returning To society. What do we do? How do we help them? How do we give them the comfort that they need? So, let me just make a few comments and tell you a few things that I went through, and I pray that from that we'll be able to help our veterans that are returning today. You see, in my first book that I wrote on Vietnam, it was entitled Vietnam before, during, and after. It was a young man's journey, and that had to do with how our country reacted to the Vietnam War before it actually happened, during it, and then afterwards. And it was a very challenging time for our country. I attempted in that book to explain how the Vietnam War impacted the lives of over 2.7 million soldiers who served in Vietnam. The Vietnam War was the most protested event in American history. Those of us who served in Vietnam never desired to go there. We never to go there to begin with every minute during my service in that little asian country thousands of miles from home i missed my wife my family and my friends daily i thought about how i had been taken for granted <laughs> and I personally <laughs> had taken for granted the life that I had lived in Arizona and I'll never do that again. Going home was my first thought as I woke up each morning. American citizens were in chaos over the war. Congress was never in agreement on what action to take. However, I still wanted to go back to the country that I loved and that's true for our military today. Our United States President Kennedy and Johnson and Nixon had different views on what we should do about veterans and it was the same later in life when when Nixon, well Clinton and Obama and the Bush presidencies and Trump and now Biden, they were all confused quite frankly on how to deal with our veterans. Some did a good job and some did not. Some didn't even like our military and others did. But regardless of all that, we need to know how to help our veterans when they come back from being overseas, being in a combat area, or just simply serving in another country for many years. You know, when I came back from Vietnam, I remember they walked us into a little room. Now this. this. This was after two years of service, one in Vietnam in combat area, one in California predominantly, and that was just simply a clerical position. But when I got out, I can remember going into this room and they started saying things like, We want to prepare you for going back into regular society. We want you to get back to your house and your home and your family and just get in there and get a job. And they made a few statements and it lasted for about an hour. And they just talked to us a little bit and then they said, All right, goodbye and good luck. And that was it. And they shook our hands and out the door we went. Now think about that for a second. When Military guys are sent home from a life of all these rules and guidelines and instructions and some with great dangers to their lives, others living with people they didn't even like, living around people that were difficult to be around. Some of these men had drinking problems, some had drug problems, whatever it might be. They had a lot of issues they had to deal with and our country did very little to prepare them to return to society. So I want to take this challenge to you and to all of us who basically know veterans who see them come into our church or into our communities or into our workplaces. And we need to remember what they've, there's things they've gone through that we can't relate to. And we just need to care for them and extend ourselves and show them the respect and the love that they deserve. A lot of people came back from various military actions and they come back and all of a sudden physical needs and emotional needs and and diseases and stuff. I know when I came back from Vietnam, there were people suffering with typhoid and malaria and Agent Orange exposure, which I had, which later in life brought on cancers in my body. I was diagnosed with a lot of guys were challenged and were then and even today even just as much today with post-traumatic stress disorder and these things are in them and they're dealing with these things and many of them just don't know where to go and we need to reach out. We need to let them know that there's help and there's care in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me read you a scripture I think that's very appropriate to this teaching today this podcast that I've put out for the veterans and for care for our veterans. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 3. The apostle Paul is writing this and listen to these words of comfort. See, Paul's writing this because he and the disciples were going through a lot of challenges. They were going through difficult times. Their lives were being threatened. They were running for their lives most of the time, having an extremely difficult time. He offers this and I think it applies to our veterans today. In first, in Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 in the New Living Translation, Paul says these words, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. We need to let our veterans know that. Verse 4, He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. I tell you, whether you're going through troubles or trials right now, you need to remember that these veterans have gone through greater trials usually, and we need to learn how to comfort them. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Boy, there's some advice for Christians. You're, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you've been comforted by Him. If you're a believer in His Word and you seek Him in prayer and guidance and the Holy Spirit speaks to you, then you've been comforted and you've been given guidance and help in your life. And so when we have that, we it says here, this, this scripture was saying, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. In verse five, it says, for the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will show us with His comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, all right, that happens to all of us, certainly to the veterans returning from military duty. It is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. So that would be my prayer for you today, that you use this teaching, these two veterans messages that I brought here today and last week. I want you to use those to encourage and reach out to veterans who need help. So let me just pray now and ask the Holy Spirit's direction. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for the scriptures you've allowed me to use in it and the teaching that's come forward. I pray that you would use it now to benefit and bless our veterans and the families of our veterans and those who know veterans that want to reach out and give them help and not sure what to do. I know that the world has a plan, but it's pretty basic. It's kind of secular in many ways. Just get a good job and that's fine. Get a good education. That's great. Get medical care. Those are all wonderful and great, but the greatest care we can give for our veterans is to lead them to Jesus Christ and to let them know that all they have to do is say, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I now accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I promise to serve Him all the days of my life. If we just do that, we've done the greatest thing that we can do to help veterans who are in need. So thank you, Lord, for those who've listened today. I pray you would bless them and keep them. Thank you for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, if you'd like to get additional information on the teachings that we have in Quality Christian Living, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriend author.com. And when you get there, you'll see a link to all the podcasts that I've done. This is the 177th podcast in the series, and I pray it'll be a blessing to you when you link those and pull those up. You'll see references to many teachings. I believe there are 10 podcasts other than these for veterans to help them, and it's still they're still being viewed regularly. I get the reports on those. In addition to that, there's podcasts dealing with your finances, with financial prosperity and spiritual prosperity, the gifts of the spirit of teaching, on on faith and miracles. So I pray that'll bless you. In addition to that, if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by going to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, I thank you for listening today. I hope that it's been a blessing to you and I hope that it's something will reach out and touch our veterans. We are blessed in America to have the greatest military that the world has ever seen. The soldiers that serve today are greater than any that I've ever known or ever that I served beside in Vietnam. And I'm so proud of them and so thankful for the work that they've done. And I thank God for this country and for the fact that he's provided us with a free nation that had to be earned by those who sacrifice their lives. Jesus sacrificed his life for us and our soldiers now have fought many battles and sacrificed their life and their health and their families to be a service. I pray that we will now sacrifice our time to reach out to each and every one of them. I'd like to encourage you to let your family or friends know that I'm going to be going back into our series on dreams. I'll be doing that in the next podcast. I don't have the title yet, but we're going to be continuing our podcast series on dreams. Never give up on your dreams and always trust God that he's going to bring them back into your life. So with that, I'd like to close with these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you. I'm looking forward to having you tune in to our podcast on dreams. And I want to thank you for listening into this podcast today. God bless you.